Well, we are so glad you are here. And kids, again, can we give the kids another round of applause? That was wonderful. Truly, truly wonderful. So much fun. Um, yeah, we have to do that more often. So, so fun, so fun. Uh, just a couple of housekeeping things. Um, if you're a guest tonight, we're so happy you are with us. Um, Soma Church Community rents from the Santa Rosa Adventist Congregation this building on Sunday morning, normally, uh, 10 a.m., but obviously we're here tonight for Christmas Eve. Uh, but if you're a guest and you ever want to come back, don't come at 6 p.m. anymore, uh, at least not this year or the next many weeks, come at 10 a.m., and this is where we meet. We do have kids' uh, programs for ages uh, like two years through uh, kindergarten, our littles class, and then first through fifth grade for elementary kids. And we would love to have you back. So that's one thing. Second, if it is your first time here, you need to know where the restroom is because that's always important to know anywhere you go somewhere. And so if you need to use the restroom, do what you need to do. And it's in that corner of the building. And so that's where that is. Uh, third thing, hopefully everybody got a candle uh, when they came in. We are going to light candles uh, a little bit later tonight. So if you didn't get one, raise your hand, and uh, we're going to have someone come through and uh, make sure. So I'm not seeing any hands. I think we're covered. We do. We need some candles. Okay, so up front. Awesome. So just put your hand up, uh, and uh, Ginger's going to come around, and she'll see those hands. We want you to know about that. And I think the last thing, kids, we do have a coloring page and some crayons available. Does any kid need a coloring page? Because you're going to have to listen to me for a few minutes, and you might want to doodle a little bit. And I'm not offended at all. Even grown-ups, if you need to doodle. Okay. So, Taylor, I see a couple of hands in the back. Uh, and so here, I think, are the extra ones. I brought a bunch up here. That's great. So we will get doodle pads. They're actually an activity, a little coloring thing. So she'll get that to whoever needs that. And then I think we've pretty much covered all the housekeeping things. Last thing about uh, the candle. So this is important. We don't you know, want anybody to burn their thumb or anything like that. So uh, when it does come time to, to light the candles, actually Taylor will also be the one to start. She's going to grab the Christ candle from the Advent wreath. And she'll come and she'll meet the first person at each row. And so like... You know, if this, is, if this is her coming with the lit candle, you that have unlit candles, you bend your candle to, to meet the lit one. Okay, let's not have anybody tipping a flame and wax and things like that. So if, again, so then if you've got yours lit and the next person, like, you, okay, you, you're, you'll figure this out. But, but grown-ups help your little people and little people help your grown-ups with that. Okay, enough on those things. Well, for the Sundays leading up to Christmas, our church, we've been looking at the gospel according to Luke. In, in the Bible, Matthew and Luke are the two accounts of the life of Jesus that give us the story of his birth. Mark starts with Jesus as a grown-up, as does John. But Luke and Matthew, they, they tell us about sweet baby Jesus. And so as a church, we've been looking at Luke's account these last few weeks, and tonight we're going to spend just a few minutes there as well. If you brought a Bible, you can open to Luke chapter 2. Um, and if you didn't, that's okay. You can listen as I read. I'm going to read a similar portion to what Mary Blakely read tonight when we started out, uh, but just also um, a little bit more as well. So Luke chapter 2, and I'm reading verses 4 through 20. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, 
which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with this angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me again? God, thank you for tonight. It's so good to be together, to sing, to hear songs that often we only hear once a year. We only sing once a year. Amazing truths about what you did at a point in time some 2,000 years ago. So God, give us ears to hear tonight for these few minutes. Thank you again that we have a time to to consider Advent and your coming and your coming again. Thank you that we have a time to consider um, this story, this account of the birth of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Well, I want to spend just a few minutes tonight talking about this, this passage. And this might be the most famous passage related to the account of the birth of Jesus. Uh, these shepherds out in the field and the angels showing up and, and then the, the great words you heard me read them, glory to God in the highest, right? Um, and then the angels' reaction and, and they go and find the baby. And so what I want us to consider um, this birth of Jesus account, um, four things from, from this story, four just kind of things that are pretty much right there in the text. And what they are, are four um, responses, you might say, to the birth of Jesus. Because we see him in the text, we see it in relation to the shepherds, to Mary especially, and the shepherds, but they're for us too. Um, ways we should, leading into tomorrow morning, Christmas morning, respond to Christmas, respond to the birth of Jesus. And here are the words. Kids, if you can memorize four words, I would love it. Ready? Hear, like with your ear. Hear. See, like with your eyes. 
praise, that's a big word that means to, you know, praise God, and tell, like with your mouth. So three of them connected to parts on our head, right? So here, same with me, hear, hear. see, see. Praise, praise, and tell. So let's talk about these four responses to Christmas. The first one is hear. Um, really, this jumps out, especially at the last part of, of the passage. Um, and again, it's really the least famous part. We, we see plays uh, in, in churches and, and maybe in television that focus on the angel's declaration. But at the last part of what I just read to you, um, we, we have this account of of these shepherds. And look, look again at verse 20, or, or listen as I read it. Luke chapter 2, verse 20. It says that the shepherds returned, so back to their field after they did everything they did. We'll, we'll talk about that. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they heard and seen, for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So we'll kind of cheat and talk about the first two together, really, because they go together, uh, hearing and, and seeing. Uh, Tim Keller, um, a famous author and pastor who, who died this, earlier this year, um, he wrote once in a sermon on this passage that this point about hearing is really about hearing well. Um, I know I don't often hear well. Um, I'll be in the kitchen doing things, and, and people in my family will say things to me, and I hear them, but I don't hear well, necessarily, because then a little while later, I ask a question, and, and one of those people might say, I, I told you that earlier. Yeah, oh, yeah, I heard that, but it kind of went in and out, right? I, I didn't hear well. I didn't listen. I didn't fully comprehend. So hearing and, and seeing, as we'll get to it, but, but hearing especially, this is about, about hearing well, right? And so the shepherds, um, they, they return and all that, but earlier, verse 17 and 18, right, when they saw uh, this, this angel and they heard this angel, uh, it says this, and when they saw uh, it, that's speaking of the baby, right? They, they went, they, they made known the saying that had been told them. So, so they, they hear what the angels say. The angels said, not only glory to God in the highest, but before that, the angel says, don't be afraid of us. And we've been telling uh, our church members each week, you know, we, we hear a lot about angels in the account of the birth of Jesus, right? The angel appears to Mary. The angel appears to Joseph in a dream. And um, we often think of cute cherub-looking angelic beings, but, but these would have been terrifying warriors and so every time the angel shows up, the angel has to say, fear not, because they would have been afraid. So there's fear not, don't be afraid. And then the angel's message is, I bring you good news. I bring you good news, good news of, of great joy that will be for all the people. And then he says, unto you is born this day. Here's the news, shepherds. Uh, in, on this day is born in the city of David, which is Bethlehem, a savior, who is Christ, the Lord, those, those three job descriptions of this baby. He was to be Savior. I'll talk about that more in a moment. Uh, he was to be Christ or, or Messiah, the long-waited-for uh, Messiah that was promised. And he would be Lord. That's a title of, him, of his divinity, being God. And then the angel says, and here's where they are hearing well, this will be a sign for you, not a star over the manger, but... but the sign is you, you will find a baby. You will find this baby wrapped 
in swaddling cloths, lying in, in a manger. So, so the shepherds hear this, and, and so they go. And like I read for you there, verses 17 and 18, they, they tell Mary and Joseph and whoever else happens to be around, this is what we just had happen to us. And they said there'd be this sign, and so we came, and now we're telling you. And, and verse 18 says that all who heard it wondered and, and, and so forth. But, but verse 19, see, Mary, she also hears well. And this is, I love this about Mary. Some of you may remember the story, and I mentioned it a moment ago. Mary already knew what the angel, or what the shepherds just told her, because the angel came to Mary. Like, Mary was visited by an angel, and, and she was told all of these things. And she and Joseph had to have some serious conversations, and they, and Mary goes and visits her cousin, Elizabeth, who's got John the baptizer in, in her womb, and like there's all this stuff. So Mary's heard a lot. She's had a lot of conversations. They've had this journey all the way from Nazareth in the north where they've been living to Bethlehem because of the census. There's been a lot of conversation, a lot of hearing. And, and you'd think Mary, she could have said to the shepherds, go, you know, I just had a baby. Leave, leave me alone. And that would have been normal and, and right and, and, and so forth. But, but even Mary hears well. She hears what these shepherds have to say. And it says, she treasured and pondered. Treasured means to like store up mentally. And she was storing up these things that the, the shepherds told her. And, and she was recalling what the angel told her. She pondered them, which means to give careful consideration. It's, it's the idea of, of Christian meditation, right? Christian meditation means you, you consider things, you think on things, you keep them going over and over again. She's treasuring, pondering. She's storing up. She's giving careful attention to all of this. She's hearing well. I love this quote from Tim Keller. He says, don't miss the ordinariness of how the word of God comes to most people. The word of God comes to most people and most of us in a very ordinary way. Notice the shepherds got an angel but everybody else just got a shepherd. Shepherd, an ordinary blue-collar worker, workers from that day, just, just ordinary. And that's going to play into the point about telling here in a moment. But the Word of God comes to most of us in ordinary ways through 50-year-old pastors on Christmas Eve 2023, through Sunday school teachers like a bunch of you scattered out here in our church through camp counselors, through VBS workers. Most of us don't get angels showing up at night declaring those kinds of things. We, we hear it in ordinary ways. But Mary, even Mary, listens to what they have to say. She treasures and ponders this. She hears well. And the angels, or excuse me, the shepherds, they, they heard well. We too need to hear well. We, we need to hear this account and really, this leads to that second thing. They, they see. That's what especially the, the shepherds go and do. That's one of their responses to the birth of Jesus. They, they go and see. The angel said, there'll be a baby. That's the sign. And so they go to investigate, you might say. Is this true? Are we dreaming? Is this account? It's miraculous, no doubt. But, but they go and investigate. They, they go to see and to look into it. I, I, again, I think hearing and seeing for us go together. Uh, maybe you uh, are 
a believer, you've heard this and you believe this, but again and again, you too need to, to keep hearing and to keep seeing, to keep reading it and to marvel at it. Or maybe for, for you, you're, you're not quite sure about this. Maybe it, it's a bit too mysterious and, and magical and supernatural and all of that. I, I would invite you tonight, if that's you, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I mean, I'm glad that's your, your spot in, in life, but, but, but hear and see. Uh, in fact, um, we have a little book uh, that we'd love to give you. It's in the back on my music stand tonight when you, uh, when you go. Um, grab one of these, and, and it's little. Don't worry. Like, I'm not giving you a big systematic theology book. This is little, and um, consider some things related to this. But, but hear and see. Um, one, one writer, pastor, he wrote this recently, and, and this will be familiar to some of you, but listen to this. See, we too, just like these shepherds that went and saw what the angels said and, and investigated, we too have, have things to hear and see. And, and in other words, reasons to believe. We see in the scriptures that there um, are more than 300 specific prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. You, you can investigate that. I'm not just saying that number out of thin air. If you're, if you're curious about that, come talk to me afterwards. I'd love to, to point you to those. Um, where he was to be born, Isaiah prophesied about it, Daniel 9, his, his birthplace in Micah and in Hosea. Who Jesus' ancestors would be, that goes all the way back to Genesis, 2 Samuel. How he'd live, Isaiah speaks to that. The circumstances of when he would be betrayed some 30 years later as a, as a grown-up. How he'd die, that was prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years before in Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22, many others, over 300 specific messianic prophecies. Even more convincingly, we see that all those stories from what we call the Old Testament, right, the the Torah, the prophets, they created what we might call a silhouette of messianic expectation. I love that picture, that Jesus and only Jesus fit perfectly Jesus was the seed of deliverance promised to Adam and Eve. He was the substitute ram provided for Abraham. He was the perfect lamb offered in Levitical sacrifice. He was Isaiah's suffering servant. He was the Jonah-like prophet cast out into the sea of God's wrath so forgiveness could be preached to the world and, and so many more. And then, friends, greatest of all, we can, we can see the fact that the tomb is empty, the, the resurrection Many, many people who've studied this account of, of Jesus being hung on a Roman cross, dying and being buried, and then on the third day, not being there, right, the, the resurrection, they've arrived at the same conclusion uh, that Christians hold and have hold, held to, even some that don't believe. For example, uh, there's a German theologian, Wolfhard Pannenberg, and he writes this, the evidence for Jesus' resurrection is so strong that nobody would question it except for two things. First, it is a very unusual event. And second, if you believe it happened, you have to change the way you live. Pretty honest assessment. The, the evidence is there, but it takes going and seeing. And it's okay to, to have some questions about it. The Christmas story, this birth of Jesus, invites us to hear and to see. And that leads to the third thing we, we see in this account. Not only did they hear, the shepherds, 
and did they go see, um, but, but calls us as well to do those two things. And then number three, to praise, right? And so the last verse, it says, the shepherds, they returned to their flocks, to the field, and they glorified and praised God. Praise means to glorify God, to to turn to God, to pray to him, to, to put their trust and belief in him, you might say, for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. In other words, they responded in belief. And if you and I, when we hear and when we see, and, and if it leads us to praise God, that, that's a sign that we believe and that we're invited into this life of what it means to be a Christian, which is to follow Jesus. A Christian believes certain things, yes, but it's about saying, God, I, I believe you. And, and, and what the scriptures go on to teach us is that this baby that we celebrate tonight and tomorrow and this season, he, he came to grow up and, and to give his life for us, to, to be this savior that the angel spoke of, because we need saving. Sometimes we think we don't. We think, you know, we're pretty strong and capable and we can handle life, but but we're, if we're honest, we, we don't even live the way we want to live within our own thoughts. We, we, we don't even live perfectly how we want to live, let alone what, what God says. We fall short. We miss the mark. We let others down. But raise your hand if you let someone down today. Be honest. Think about it. A few of you are being honest. Like, man, I feel like I let someone down every hour. And not intentionally sometimes, but it happens. We... We, we, we do. We need saving. We, we, need, we need someone to save. And, and the Christmas story is about God coming, right? right? This Christmas story is a big invitation. Let's see hands again. How many of you have been invited to some gathering this holiday season? Maybe it's church. Maybe it's a party. Maybe it's someone's house. Most of us, right? We, what do you do with an invitation? You respond one way or the other. But the Christmas story is an invitation to respond, to, to hear, to see, and to believe, and to praise God. And then finally, to, to tell. If, if we've heard it, and we see it, and we, we are praising, we believe it, then, then we, we tell, just like the shepherds go to Mary, and they, and they were commanded to, we, we, we can acknowledge that. Um, they were commanded to go, but when they arrive, they, they just, they tell what, what happened, and, and so we were invited in this to, to respond the same way. Now, that doesn't mean we got to be preachy. You know, in fact, it's not, it doesn't go well to be preachy usually most of the time. But if, if we've heard and we've seen and we are praising, just, just tell people about what God's done in your life and some of the things, why you believe. Just look for opportunities. So just, just talk about it. Um, tell people about Jesus. Maybe, maybe read the story at home, in, in your home. Um, kids, ask your parents to read you these stories again and again and again. Just, just talk about it, all of those things. Now, some, some do go places to tell. Uh, it's great to see the Gentners with us tonight. And, of course, they're part of our church family, and they, they serve in Spain as missionaries. Um, I'm a proud dad. One of my kids, Calvin, is going to Mexico in a few days with another youth group to go and tell, to go and, and share what he has heard and seen and why he praises. He, he's going to share with some others about that. So there's, there's those opportunities and those places. But really, it's for most of us just about everyday, ordinary, 
just talking about it, just talking about what we've heard, what we've seen, why we praise. I want to conclude tonight uh, just to say, if again, this is new and you're interested in more, uh, I'd love for you to come back next Sunday. We're, we're going to continue one more week to explore some Christmas-related themes, and especially next week, this phrase that we get in Matthew, when, when the angel visits Joseph, Jesus' earthly dad, in a dream, uh, the angel tells him, among other things, that this baby, he's to have the name Jesus, but he will be called, big word, ready, Emmanuel. And, and then Matthew helps us, because we don't know what that word means. It means God with us. So this baby that we're celebrating, that we've sung, and we heard the kids sing about the manger, this baby who was to be named Jesus, who was born the Savior, born the Christ, born Lord, he's Emmanuel, he's God with us. And that's important to us. Uh, I want you to take a look at the screen and watch this short video as we prepare to sing a few more songs. From high above us, God sees. From far beyond us, God hears. From his eternal distant home, God loves. He sees all people in all places. And it's easy for us to imagine that he does so from this perspective. High, beyond, distant. But then, Christmas. It appears without earthly fanfare or celebration. The cry of this child screams that the same God who is above and beyond and distant has not only come close to us, but that he's indeed with us. So what if the name Emmanuel means what it means? Today, now, with us, the manger proclaims that the very presence of God is now present with us. In the mundane, in the uncertainty, in the mystery that lies beyond our understanding or explanation, God himself is with us in our joy and our happiness. He's with us in our sadness and our brokenness. He celebrates in the light with us, and he holds us in the dark with faithful and secure arms. What if the name Emmanuel means what it means? Christmas not only begs that we ask that question, but also provides the answer that our hearts have been longing for all along. Can this possibly be? Yes, it can. And it is God with us, Emmanuel. And he's closer than our wildest dreams can ever imagine. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. We believe he is closer, and he's not just this faraway God, but he's, he's Emmanuel. He's with us. 
us. And that's what we'll talk about next week, us. People that aren't perfect, people who fall short, people who say one thing and then a minute later do the opposite, people who, who hurt and struggle, people who have fears, people who have heartache, people who have real life. Jesus is, is for real people like you and like me. And we'd love for you to consider these things with us. And not just next week, but as a church. That's, that's what we're all about. We want to follow Jesus, the one who came to save, and the one who's for people that are ultimately sometimes, a lot of times, unfaithful. Would you stand with me? And I'm going to pray. And then we're going to just sing a few more songs, and we'll get to our candle as well in a moment. God, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for the account of the birth of Jesus. And thank you for the shepherds and Mary who, who in what we looked at tonight, God, they, we, we see a response to Christmas. We, we see what we should do in response to the birth of Jesus. And so help us. Unfaithful people, broken people, weak, fearful, sad, lonely, hurting, waiting, weary, all real people, help us to hear and see and praise and, and tell. But thank you that you, you invite us to Jesus. That's what this holiday is about, this invitation to respond to the baby who is born. In Jesus' name.